There are many ways people listen to Vision, including DAB Plus Digital Radio. If you're in Greater Sydney, Melbourne or Brisbane and have a digital radio receiver in your car or home, you'll find Vision Christian Radio on the station list. If you're visiting one of these cities and hiring a car, there's a good chance it will have a DAB receiver and you'll be able to enjoy vision with exceptional sound quality while you drive around. If you don't already own a DAB receiver, you'll find many models, including clock radios at electronic retailers for under $100. To find out more about vision on digital radio and whether you're within the broadcast footprint, see vision.org.au slash DAB. However, and wherever you listen to Vision, you can be sure that the announcers, programs and music will help you look to God daily. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. As we do on a Monday, we like to check in with the Australian Christian Lobby. We like to hear what's going on so far as the political agenda goes. Dan Flynn is the Deputy Director of the Australian Christian Lobby. Back with us. Hi, Dan. Welcome back to 2020. Hi, Neil. Lovely to be with you. Hey, Dan, let's talk about the proposed new national curriculum. Uh, it's being reviewed by ACARA, the Australian Curriculum Assessment and Reporting Authority, And the good thing is they are, in fact, asking the public to make submissions uh, to this this inquiry that they have happening until the uh, deadline, 8th of July. So we've still got about a week or more to go here. But uh, what are your impressions of what's coming with this proposal? There's some very concerning uh, themes running through the proposed new curriculum, Neil. And I think uh, your uh, listeners will be very concerned to know that for example, um, you know, any reference to Australia's Judeo-Christian heritage uh, has been removed and, you know, students won't be taught that, you know, it's actually Christian values that underpin our democracy. Um, and, you know, there's a, there's a very much a sense in this uh, curriculum that what it's all about is, you know, critical race theory that, um, uh, you know, that Indigenous Australians are you know, victims and that white Australians are oppressors and that we've got, um, you know, I suppose this woke ideology uh, very much uh, embedded in the proposed curriculum. Um, you know, we're, and we look, you know, children are being taught to become, uh, you know, climate, climate activists and all of, um, uh, you know, these types of uh, Twitter campaigns they're asked to uh, design and develop. So uh, there's a sense, Neil, in which it's a very left-wing approach and in fact when you read about you know Australian uh, heroes in this um, uh, publication of the curriculum you won't read about Robert Menzies you won't even see the name of any Australian uh, Prime Minister in that list Uh, you will see some uh, deserving Indigenous uh, activists uh, but um, uh, outside of that uh, uh, that's the narrative the narrative is that uh, the Indigenous people are victims and that everyone else is oppressors. The uh, you know, leaders like our Prime Ministers uh, don't even get a meeting. So that's a pretty concerning development. Uh, no doubt. Dan, just before we move on from there, sure. just let's just pause for a moment because just in case there's even a single listener who has missed what you just said, Uh, Well, when you say the idea of removing references to Australia's Judeo-Christian heritage 
and as you do say, uh, replacing a lot of that historic content with a revisionist way of looking at Australian history, a very woke way of looking at Australian history, technically that means, and I'll just get your opinion here, that means that an Australian curriculum will actually reflect lies about our past, replacing the truth of the historic Judeo-Christian heritage with lies about the past. Is that really, if we boil it all down, is that what we're talking about? Substantially lies by omission. So when we omit to tell that important part of the story, uh, the way that we were founded, the uh, Judeo-Christian and development of the early churches and the influence of the churches, the positive influence of the churches, uh, that's a lot of omission. And so that uh, presents to uh, impressionable students uh, a view that um, uh, the Christianity has not been a force for good uh, in Australia, that Western democracy, uh, uh, you know, has not been successful, and it really amounts to imperialism and colonialism and, and slavery. So they are the sorts of themes here. Uh, does it lie? It probably does, but a lot of it through omission, and the omissions are, are quite glaring. I imagine, Dan, that when people think about adding to the Australian education curriculum, that there's plenty of room for new perspectives in there, but the idea of clean-sweeping the Judeo-Christian past might be an affront to certainly a lot of people listening to our conversation today. I guess, as a Christian, when you look at these things, you're not objecting to the idea that there might be new things added, but when you're actually sweeping away the Christian foundation, that actually does, in fact, uh, give a false impression, doesn't it? Well, it absolutely does. And you know, this is not uh, merely a, a Christian perspective. Uh, even the education minister, Alan Tudge, uh, said of this new curriculum uh, that it doesn't encourage students to value the rich, egalitarian, free, liberal democracy that Australia is today. He said, Alan Tudge, the education minister, said there's almost nothing positive said about Australia uh, in this document. And so uh, that's quite a shameful thing. And, you know, all all we would ask and we would um, ask people who make submissions to this is that there be a balanced view. Uh, There's obviously um, uh, parts of our history that aren't great, but there are parts of it that are great. And we should hear both and students should uh, not be uh, given a left-wing view of history as though it were the only view. Dan, we've got the Federal Education Minister, Alan Tudge, and I think you know we're going to agree uh, those are good insights, and uh, he's given a warning there, but there, of course there are education ministers in all of the states and territories, so there's an awful lot more education ministers in play here who will have a say over this curriculum, aren't there? Oh, that's right. It'll be heavily contested, uh, both you know, from, a, I suppose, a um, uh, conservative perspective. Uh, some states will have conservative education ministers. Uh, most uh, will not. And, uh, you know, this is a political arm wrestle, if you like, uh, for the minds of our children. Uh, so we are grateful that they've opened up for some submissions. Neil, we'll be putting something out either today or tomorrow uh, for uh, a landing page and a um, you know, a way which people can uh, be informed about what's going on and make some submissions uh, to ACARA, 
the um, Australian Curriculum Assessment and Reporting Authority so that, you know, um, regular people, mums and dads, uh, whose children are being educated can have some input into this process. We hope that's available either later today or tomorrow. Okay, so I guess a little patience required here. If you go onto the ACL website, that landing page might not be there to go to straight away, but you're encouraging listeners today to participate in what will be an email campaign, and uh, your website will have the details. So later today or tomorrow, a little pressure on you there uh, for listeners who are listening to us now to perhaps be a little patient, but today or early tomorrow, your ability to participate in that email campaign. Now, uh, just over a week, away before uh, the submissions will close Um, so you're encouraging people to actually make their own submission what would you say they should include in a submission Dan? We'll we'll give them uh, some um, aspects but obviously drawing people uh, should refer to the fact that Australia's Judeo-Christian heritage uh, those references have been uh, removed the fact that uh, critical race theory that everything is racist is embedded in this education uh, and, you know, the invasion, dispossession, um, you know, describe Australia's history as a one-sided view. Those matters ought to be addressed. I think the those who make their submissions, uh, we will, it'll be crafted in such a way as uh, the uh, federal and state education ministers will get a copy uh, of their submission. Uh, so it won't be just put in a box somewhere not read, it will be uh, broadly dispersed uh, to people's elected uh, representatives. Okay, acl.org.au, monitor that uh, to participate in that email campaign. Uh, The other thing people can participate in is uh, some action around the Religious Discrimination Bill. We often talk about religious freedom on this program. You're continuing to lobby MPs to make some progress with this Religious Discrimination Bill. Uh, What's the latest you're thinking that listeners can participate in, Dan? Well, there is a petition uh, at the website, the Australian Christian Lobby's website, uh, to ask the Prime Minister to to take action to protect religious freedom. That has now had over 20,000 signatures, and that's a great support to us, Neil, as we speak to particularly the Attorney-General, Michaela Cash, who has carriage of this. Uh, uh, We have had a meeting with her and uh, other faith groups as well. Uh, She's indicated that there will be a, a, a fresh bill uh, before the Parliament uh, by December of this year. So uh, groups like ourselves uh, involved in uh, discussion about, well, what do we think are the critical issues here? And, Neil, we still think it's uh, critical that people can um, make, um, you know, reasonable statements of belief uh, at their workplace um, or in public on social media uh, without being uh, disciplined uh, for statements that are said to make them workplace unsafe. So um, it's important that people can express their faith and that we think is probably the the, the major uh, focus of this legislation from our perspective. Okay, and now already over 20,000 signatures on that online petition. Uh, you'll be able to find it. There'll be a link on the ACL website, acl.org.au. Uh, the uh, Babies Born Alive bill, George Christensen's bill, any thoughts on an update as to how things are going with that debate? Yes, look, uh, George Christensen was expected to have actually um, uh, tabled the bill in Parliament in the last sitting week. Uh, however, there were uh, leadership machinations, as you all know, 
uh, in the National Party, um, and uh, Barnaby Joyce uh, became the new leader of the National Party uh, after a uh, you know a spill of the numbers, uh, and so that uh, obviously George Christensen being a, a, a member of that party was you know I suppose in some sense tied up with that. So the delay now is that it goes off to the 9th of August and it's expected to be tabled then. Um, your listeners may recall a couple of things. Neil, this bill, um, uh, the objective is to is that uh, medical practitioners will provide uh, appropriate care to any baby born alive as a result of a failed abortion, if I can put it that way. And there was uh, an, a, a question raised by uh, the Ministry for Health as to whether this um, uh, bill would in fact um, conscript doctors to provide a service which is not legal under our constitution. Uh, And so uh, there is legal advice uh, that I have been privy to that will um, support George in this. And uh, so uh, George will no doubt be out and about uh, with a legal legal opinion uh, as he sort of counters perhaps... um, um, a perspective in the uh, Department of Health that's not supportive of his bill. Uh, so this remains contested, but there can be no um, greater sense of our, our, I suppose, our value as people, uh, really, Neil, and how we treat the most vulnerable. Uh, I think any child who's born alive in those circumstances um, demands our love and care. Well, George Christensen certainly proving himself as a real champion for the unborn, a pro-life campaigner. Hey, let's give some attention to the Truth of It live tours that have been going on, a tremendously successful tour in Queensland. Uh, You know, your chief, Martin Isles, uh, standing up before people and uh, just rock star reception wherever he went. I think it's like more than 7,000 people in the state of Queensland turned out to see Martin Isles and the Truth of It live tour. And, of course, uh, Next Leg's about to get underway in Western Australia. What is to come, Dan? Well, that's very exciting, Neil. The uh, Martin himself, you know, wouldn't uh, speak in that way. He's, you know, you're very sort of a... He's quite humble in his approach to all of this. But the reality is, I think, that he's... Um, speaking about uh, worldview and about uh, faith uh, relating to everyday issues that uh, people face. And I think that's really resonating. So, yes, we have a meeting coming up in Perth on the 22nd of July. Um, quite remarkably, over 2,000 people have already registered for that event. I think the venue holds 2,500. So um, that's, that's remarkable uh, this far out three weeks out and 2,000 people have registered. And there are other meetings in Albany, uh, Bunbury, hopefully Kalgoorlie, and um, also Geraldton. So um, it's not only in Queensland Queensland that uh, this message has great resonance, but uh, people across the country are clean to, you know, very clean to hear Martin's articulation of, um, you know, points of faith relevant to issues, you know, such as uh, gender, abortion, education, um, you know, um, even even topics such as the the um, parenting of teenagers, and he speaks of his own life experience, and uh, uh, it's it's uh, a unique uh, voice, and uh, being greatly appreciated across the country. Well, you know, Dan, I think we've got a substantial listenership in all of those centres. Uh, I think you uh, you didn't mention Geraldton actually is the first meeting. 
Saturday, Saturday the 17th of July, uh, the Perth meeting, 22nd of July, and there's also some dates already in place for Albany, for Bunbury and for Kalgoorlie. And as you say, yep. over 2,000 people having already registered for the Perth meeting. So uh, I hope you've got a few plans to upgrade the venues as you uh, basically sell out. I mean, they're free seats. I mean, this is the idea, isn't it? Uh, yes. You do have to register, but it is free to attend. And so uh, that, That's absolutely correct. Neil, um, people have been um, enjoying um, receiving this material and it's um, perhaps a way of the Australian Christian Lobby uh, blessing the wider Christian community uh, and many who are non-Christian and um, people who have come from all sorts of backgrounds and um, perspectives and many who have spoken to Martin afterwards and, um, you know, just been so so sort of, I suppose, touched by his frankness and his wisdom and I think particularly Martin um, being, you know, a man in his early 30s, um, you know, sharing such wisdom is, is a real blessing and particularly to uh, the younger people who... Uh, have really been flocking to these events. I think it's good. We like to put a face to a name. And so when you have someone like Martin Isles coming to your community and he's going to be speaking personally to people in your local community, it's very powerful. And as you say, Dan... Because he's a young man, he's actually been able to win very successfully a whole new generation of Christian young men and women who are excited about the sorts of things he's talking about, no doubt inspired uh, to be able to articulate them those things themselves. So uh, the encouragement there is if you're thinking of going along to see uh, Martin Isles speak at the Truth of It Live in WA on those upcoming dates. Uh, don't just go on your own. Uh, take a friend, but take your teenagers. Take young people as well, because uh, this, just to confirm this, Dan, uh, young people are turning out, perhaps like we've not seen before, to see a Christian speaker. Oh, that's absolutely true. Um, and look, I was with Martin in Mount Isa eight days ago um, and uh, mining town, but it brought out the young families. The young families absolutely loved it. Um, those concerned about educating their children, and uh, you know, you can't get a, a more you know Aussie place than Mount Isa in Queensland. And uh, uh, even in that rather small area, uh, there were a couple of uh, large congregations in different denominations uh, hearing Martin on that Sunday. So, um, yeah, really worth getting along. Very much encouraged. Uh, Dan Flynn, no doubt, when people turn up to some of these events, uh, when you're there, they'll be wanting to put your face to your name too and uh, if they have an opportunity in a a socially distanced way to make a great connection, that would be wonderful. Hey, Dan Flynn, uh, Deputy Director of the Australian Christian Lobby, let me point listeners to acl.org.au. Uh, whether it's the national curriculum or whether it's issues around religious freedom, there's things you can respond to today. acl.org.au. Dan, thanks so much for the update today on 2020. That's my pleasure, Neil. Thank you. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.